Hey, hey, kids, we're a couple of annoying grunt boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons Podcast. Right, where the podcast that explores the show The Simpsons from season 11 and beyond. Why 11 and beyond, you may ask? Well, we know there are plenty of other podcasts out there that explore the quote-unquote golden age of The Simpsons, that's seasons 1 through 10. So we thought that we'd explore the later seasons to find the beauty and the insight that exists in those episodes. I'm an annoyed grunt boy named Steve, and with me, as always, is my other annoyed grunt boy, Craig. Craig, how's it going? As well as one can be, right? Of course, yeah. Seasons 1 through 10, that's the golden age. That's what some people say. What if they added 11? Ooh, what if they put it in a tiny little package? And you just, like, turn that tiny package on and enjoyed seasons 1 through 11 of The Simpsons at random? Yes, sounds like most of my dating life. Tiny package, too many Simpsons to distract me from everything. Ah! Uh, actually, Matt Selman uh, retweeted somebody on Twitter. Her name is Jackie. She designed a tiny uh, TV that is probably, what, about three inches? Yeah, she 3D printed it, put in a uh, Raspberry Pi operating system and like a, I forget how many gigabytes of a, a disk drive, but she programmed so like you could just, with like a little screen, it looks like the Simpsons TV. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It was probably the size like of like, it would be if like you had your action figures, like the old ones from the 90s. Totally. And then and uh, yeah, yeah. two little knobs on it, one that controls the volume and one that just turns it on. Yeah, it's kind of blown up. Everyone's like, I want one. I want one. And like, I want one too. I know. I have a 3D printer. I could buy a Raspberry Pi there, you know, and then figure it out from there. Right. Yeah. I mean, it'd be like the coolest keychain ever. Oh, yeah. That'd just, it, it'd just be rad. You'd be, it'd be really cool, too, is if it had Bluetooth. So you could just have like your Bluetooth earpiece in. Yeah, I would stop reading books on the way to work. <laughs> but you don't need books. You just need Simpsons. Exactly. You need the three S's. Simpsons, snacks, and suds. Suds? But I don't mean soap. We mean beer. Which brings us to our favorite segment of the show, the Simpsons Beer Corner. Ah, yes, beer, or as uh, Steve would prefer. Kids and vodka, yow. All right, Steve, um, this episode that we're going to be talking about uh, features uh, Portland people. Yes. I thought it'd be crazy to uh, do a beer in Portland. Weird. So I go to my fridge, and I'm looking. (laughs) Nope, I don't have anything, but you Ah. know what I do have? I have a beer from North North Portland. Oh, it's how how far north? Across the river. Okay. All the way into Vancouver, Washington. Oh. Guys, if you don't know Vancouver, Washington, it's literally across the river from Portland. It's people call it North Portland. We're the uh, ugly step uh, cousin. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I'm going with a, a, a brew from a brewery called uh, Loot Brewing. So it's like L O O W I T in the brewing. Mm-hmm. So it's like a loot. I don't know. Like like looting, right? Right. You ever had a loot brewing company beer? I don't think I have company. actually. All right. Well, I'm. It, it's. I think it's very video game ba- based because of the loot. Because I got the Grimlock Porter, so it shows like an orc. Oh. It says at the bottom, brewed with pride in the shadow of the Mount St. Helens. Hmm. I think it's a nerd beer, is what I'm saying. Yeah. It, but yeah. I'm looking at it now. It does look kind of nerdy. But um, it's got an award, a silver award for rye beer at the World Beer Cup in 2016. Ooh. Um, it's a porter, uh, 5% alcohol volume. So, uh, yeah, here we go. Call me Billy because that's a porter. 
Every time I have a porter, I'm going to say that. <laughs> I like it. You know, it's uh, you know, it's not as thick as a, a porter or that I'm used to. It, it's got a kind of a um, I guess it's more of like a beersy porter. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it's not like a syrupy, like you can taste kind of that carbonated beer, more of the carbonation than right. like your typical. It's almost like, oh, did I, I should have shook this up to make the flavors mixer. <laughs> but no, you don't do that. Um, I'm curious, does the rye aspect of it bring any particular? Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm just getting more of a hint of the rye. So that's why I'm thinking like, yeah, maybe that's why that beerness kind of comes out. Yeah, because you normally don't see rye in porters. You normally see it in, you know, reds or IPAs. Oh, you're right. Okay, red. Yeah, this does have kind of like a red aftertaste in a way. All right. Hmm. Um, I enjoy it. It doesn't have the IBUs, but I can see it being a little bit higher than a usual porter. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right, Steve. Yeah, um, I, I would definitely uh, give it a go. And uh, I guess we should ask. Um, I'm guessing oh. that with the big uh, beast on it, yes, probably fairly kid friendly. Very kid friendly. Like if you were like this was this if you were in sixth grade, mm-hmm. you saw this, you like I fucking want that man. Like just sitting in your sixth grade class drinking, like thinking it's a uh, you think it's like an energy drink, right? Or maybe like you're on on route to play a game of Dungeons yeah, and Dragons, or well, yeah, or video games. Yeah, I don't That's know if anyone cool. plays Dungeons. Yeah, That's uh, cool. <laughs> only celebrities on YouTube play yeah. Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> and nerdy improvisers. So yeah, what do you got for us, Steve? Okay, well, I also wanted to have a beer that evoked Portland because this episode does take place in Portland. Um, but I also didn't find one. <laughs> but I thought, what's more uh, Portland or relevant to this episode than uh, imposters? <laughs> Uh, especially from California. <laughs> so I chose a brewery that's from San Diego that also had a pop-up briefly in Portland. And they came from here, from California, as so many people do, until the town gets played out, which is a very relevant uh, plot point in the episode that we're about to watch. Also, the one of the characters makes uh, donuts, and donuts are breakfast food. And what goes better with breakfast than coffee? And beer. So And beer. Right, exactly. <laughs> so all that combined, we have uh, McKellar, which was originally a uh, Dan- uh, a brewery out of Denmark, which still exists, but they have a another brewery in San Diego. And so I am enjoying McKellar's Beer Geek Breakfast. Uh, so it is a Beer Geek Breakfast is a stout brewed with coffee. And so they read it, um, our core op- uh, range oatmeal stout brewed with whole bean coffee from Dark Horse Coffee Roasters, medium bodied with a creamy mouthfeel and a firm coffee profile. A modest sweetness balances roasted malts and bittersweet chocolate notes to finish with espresso-like flavors and toasted breads. And so looking at the can, it is a black can with a drawing of a person holding a kitty cat and a uh, little coffee cup that floats in the air that says 7.5% alcohol. Uh, So I would say very kid-friendly. It looks like a cartoon. And then I'm pouring it. It is uh, very dark. Take a sniff. Ooh, it's got that nice kind of full-bodied uh, stout aroma with uh, nice coffee notes. I don't know of a famous stout that I can think of off the top of my head or <laughs> be like, oh, that's really good. It, it does have the syrupiness, the richness that stouts tend to have. Really good coffee flavor. You know, sometimes coffee porters can be a little light in body because they have the coffee kind of thins it out, but this is nice and thick. Uh, I highly recommend this beer. It's uh, really good. You know, I love a, love a stout. I don't know if it's a famous stout either. I was looking. To... <laughs> yeah. I think there's an improviser who may have been on like the Doughboys pod- podcast called Ryan Stout, but I don't remember. But anyway, um, breakfast stouts are called such because they're supposed to be so filling. You could have them early in the morning and be good for the day. And, you know, maybe that's not the best choice, you know, <laughs> but I don't know your life and I don't want to judge you. So do what feels right for you. For me, a breakfast stout is a perfect uh, nightcap. Yeah. After meal dessert. Oh, yeah. 
that's how we do it here on the podcast. We that's drink till right. we fall asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, listener, listen until you fall asleep. <laughs> Which they already have, so we can say whatever we want right now. It's exciting. All right, well, Steve, uh, let's just get on with this week's episode by hopping in our time machine and going back to the past. Oh, let's go all the way back to December 9th, 2012. Parago was a number one movie in the box office. Uh, Spy Man, a.k.a. James Bond. Oh, Steve, this was Skyfall. Are we going to play it now? Uh, yeah, let's play the whole movie. We were probably uh, at the theater, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah, we saw and it. We saw it at Lloyd Center. Because didn't we go to Stanford's at first? Yes, we did. Wow. There's something wrong with my card. I forgot. Oh, yeah. I didn't have money or something. I do remember that. It's really weird. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we were seeing Skyfall. And then when we left the theater and we drove in the car, what song was uh, playing on the radio machine? Well, Craig, the number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 was Diamonds by Rihanna. We won't play Rihanna's version. We won't play Sia version. We'll just do our usual kids bop. All right. Because we don't want Sia to sue us. No. Again. Shine bright like a diamond Shine bright like a diamond Find light in the beautiful sea I choose to be happy You and I, you and I We're like diamonds in the sky You're a shooting star I see A vision of you and me When you hold me, I'm alive We're like diamonds How does a song like Diamonds that has it's when you listen to it like Rihanna, right? Mm-hmm. It's so much energy and it's just <laughs> grooves. How does this kids bop just like so dull and like drones just, on and on? It's like, nah, nah. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe this is because it's kids bop. You want to put the kids to sleep. I get it now. Yeah, that was from kids bop number 23, Steve. Oh, good to know. You can go get that uh, CD right now. Some rural truck stop in Idaho. It's, it's going to be there. Yeah, I feel like it'll be there on some others. <laughs> Maybe we'll discuss later on. All right, Steve, uh, let's go ahead and get to that. Uh, but before we watch The Simpsons, tell me about it. Uh, so today we're talking about uh, season 24, episode seven, The Day the Earth Stood Cool. Uh, Homer befriends his hip new neighbors from Portland, Oregon. Marge disapproves of their parenting methods, and Bart finds their son pretentious. All right, Steve, uh, let's go take a break and then come back and finally discuss it. We'll be right back. We're back today. We're talking about the day the earth stood cool, the seventh episode of the 24th season. It originally aired on December 9th, 2012. It is episode 515 in the show's run. Your nerd code is PABF20. It is written by Matt Selman, directed by Matthew Fahan, and your showrunner is Al Jean. All right, Matthew Johansson, Hubert Selman. Mm-hmm. What? 
can we say about him that we haven't said before? He graduated from Beaver County Day School in 1989. All right. I like it. Cool. I'm looking at his wiki. Let's just talk about his uh, picture, Steve. Do you have his wiki up there on? The, I do. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at it now. It, okay. It looks, I mean, it, it says uh, Matt Selman from uh, San Diego Comic-Con uh, in 2010. <laughs> the expression on his face looks like a fan just asked him like the a dumbest question, question a dumbest question, <laughs> or like it'd be like, and he has that face of like, what the fuck are you even talking about? His his image there on Wikipedia. Check it out, guys. Just look up Matt Selman's yeah. Wikipedia. Not the main the Simpsons wiki, but the actual main wiki. Yeah, and uh, if you, it's probably also under the uh, definition of frazzled. <laughs> like his picture could be a meme. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, but that's that's all I had to say about Matt Selman for today. Perfect. Uh, some trivia for you, Craig. The name of this episode is a reference to the films of 1952 and 2008, uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Um, there's also parodied The Day the Earth Looked Stupid, a segment from uh, Treehouse of Horror 17. And there's also a Futurama episode called The Day the Earth Stood Stupid. Hey, hmm. Day the Earth Stood Still. Uh, that's a fun movie. Yeah, it's pretty classic. Never saw the remake. That was supposed to be bad, though, right? I think so. Was that with like uh, Tom Cruise? I was yeah, and Dakota Fanning maybe. Oh no, that was War of the Worlds. Oh, oh, I think the the new one the day uh, that was a uh, Kiana Re- Keanu uh, okay. Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves from Keanu. a TV. Yeah, from TV's uh, Parenthood, the movie. Exactly. <laughs> all right, Steve. Um, hey, I'm gonna handle this one. I'm gonna talk all about the uh, title gag, the billboard gag, and the chalkboard gag, and the couch gag. You ready? Wow, you're doing the heavy lifting. Yep. And let me hit play. And oh my God, Steve. None of that exists in this episode. What? So yeah, no, uh, none of those gags, Steve. That's right. This must be a long episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the episode begins as every Simpsons episode begins at a park where we see um, Bart there on the playground, but he's stepping on the fingers of the children hanging from the monkey bars and Homer yells at his son to stop, which garners the attention of a blonde lady. Bart, stop it. You might fall. Oh, he's such a cute little rascal. Oh, my God. Is she flirting with me? I can see where he gets his good looks. She is flirting with me. Okay, Homer, let her down easy. Don't go breaking any hearts. What a lucky little boy to get a trip to the park with his grandpa. Grandpa? Grandpa? Oh, my God. Should I call an ambulance? Help! An old man is dying! Oh! This boy's grandfather is a shriveled up corn cob begging for death. I am his father. I can't believe I allowed you to hit on me. <laughs> Beat it, ducks! I'm not old enough to have food for you. I'm sexy. Young and sexy! I don't think Homer's sexy, Steve. Why not? I, he he owns his, his body. Well, maybe uh maybe if he changes his clothes and cuts his hair, then I'll, I'll have a different opinion. That would be an interesting way to look at him. I do like the fact that ducks are aware that only old people will feed them. Yeah. Also, um, uh, I love help an old man is dying. It's know, just <laughs> yeah. funny. Uh, we've all been there, Steve, hanging out at a park with kids. An sure. attractive blonde lady and jogging gear rent comes up to you. And we've all been there. Oh, yeah. Time and time again. <laughs> 
Well, we next then we go to the uh, power plant where uh, Homer mutters to himself about uh, not being old and then seeks some affirmation from a drawing he's been work- working on, which shows him in a convertible covered in peace signs uh, with rap music being played. And you know it's rap music being played because he has a word bubble with the word rap music inside and then a couple of crudely drawn music notes to so you know there's music playing. You got to hand it to uh, Homer there. That's that's quite a <laughs> it's quite a drawing. <laughs> it's really good. I would actually get that tattooed. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's just the fact that he signed it to buy me. me. <laughs> <laughs> this is re- a really funny image. Yeah, it is. I like it a lot. Do you think uh, Matt Selman drew it? Maybe. Or maybe you got Mitch to help out. Oh, yeah. This is probably the time uh, Mike Mitchell has uh, worked on The Simpsons. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. What year was this again? 2012. Yep. Sounds, yeah, about, sounds right. about right. Um, so uh, Homer uh, heads to the break room where he finds. Uh, some fellow co-workers are munching on some donuts, but it's not like regular donuts that you get at um, a Kroger or a Safeway or a Krispy Kreme or a Dunkin. Winchell's. Winchell's. Does that still exist in your Winchell's donuts? I think so, yeah. Anyways, uh, no, they're just these giant huge. I guess you get huge donuts at a lot of those places. Okay. Well, anyways, they're huge with crazy toppings, Steve. We have uh, toppings like uh, gummy worms. Churro chunks. And even Russian nesting donuts. Homer then rushes to a uh, devil donut box to finish off the remaining donuts only to uh, find out that they're gone and upset. Homer grabs Lenny by the suspenders, demanding to know where the uh, pastries came from. And uh, Lenny tells him that the guy who ran the sexual harassment seminars brought them in. So devil donuts is a uh, I'll just I'll, I'll make I'll make a total, total assumption that it's based off of voodoo donuts in Portland. Yeah. So um, we've talked about voodoo donuts on this podcast and how, like, if you come to Portland, you can skip it. Yeah, it's not worth it. Much like Portland itself, it was cool in the 90s to go to Voodoo Donuts. It's a very apt uh, analogy, especially given this episode. But uh, yeah, it's uh, they're literally stale and culturally stale. And they just put a bunch of shit on top of them to make them look cool. But that's about it. Yeah, they still use the same cereal toppings that they purchased in the 90s. So yeah, they're, they're also kind of horrible to their employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this last few, you know, what, like a few months ago when we had like the record breaking, like 120 degree weather, right? You know, the employees were, you know, stuck and they didn't want to work because, you know, they don't have proper air conditioning or and it's a yeah. tiny little smelly little room. And so they pretty much like uh, got fired. They didn't want to work in the poor conditions. Anyways. Yeah. Honestly, uh, you know, I like uh, just a plain Krispy Kreme. I know they're a big corporation, but the glazed original glazed donut, it's you can't beat that one. Yeah, it's one of the, it's a classic. It's one of the best. Um, also, for me, just a uh, grocery store maple bar. Excellent. Yeah, that has like total memories, you know, uh, sense memories. Oh, yeah. Maple bars. And I got to say the Safeway donuts are pretty legit. Yeah, that's the one thing that store does right. Yeah. Kroger donuts, honestly, not as good. Mm -mm. But like Woody Allen said about pizza, can we see the same thing about donuts? Oh, no, no. He said about not about pizza. That's wait. Yeah. Sex is like pizza. Even if it's bad, it's good. Right. Right. So donuts are like pizza. (laughs) Even if it's bad, it's still good. Yes. And they're both around. Anyway, so uh, that's enough donut talk. Let's go to that sexual harassment seminar, Steve. So the instructor explains to Carl why there is no workplace appropriate time to use the word bosoms or thunderbags. And then Homer kicks down the door. And before we get to that, uh, 
there's a lot of uh, fun visuals at the uh, sexual harassment uh, seminar, like a sign that says keep entendres single. And uh, privates should be private. A poster showing uh, acceptable high fives, which is two hands clapping, <laughs> and then unacceptable high fives, which is a hand slapping a little butt. So an acrostic on the whiteboard that spells out respect, it's uh, realize even softcore pornography eventually causes trouble. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. It's uh, This episode is very writerly, I feel like. Mm-hmm. like um, but yeah, that was really good. Uh, there's another sign that says, think before you pat. And has a picture of Pat from SNL. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> this episode also has lots of checkoff phasers in <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I sure hope the word Thunderbags comes back. Mm. There's one. Uh, also on the wall, there we see another poster featuring a lumberjack, uh, or a lumbering Nordic uh, warrior that says, Eric, the non-hostile workplace environment Viking says, let's conquer insens- insensitivity. <laughs> That's also very good. Mm. Hmm. So Homer uh, shoves the donut box in the face of the instructor who uh, meekly tells him that he got the goods from the guy in a cart who at this point could be anywhere. But Homer thinks quickly and has a plan. 911, what is your emergency? I'm calling to report a missing donut cart. I'm not seeing anything. Can you get any lower? But Chief, the power line. Chief, the tenant. Go lower. Nope, nope, nothing, nope. I see devil horns. Pitchfork, pointed tail, hooves are cloven. We have logo, people. We have logo. Sorry, gents. We're fresh out. I only make one batch a day. When they're gone, I'm done. Oh, no more donuts. Make more or I shoot. I'm not bluffing. Come on. Hmm. What have I become? It's not a good feeling when you're saying, what have I become more than once a day? And Wiggum there at the end was great. You know, it's funny, like in the in recent events with police brutality, it's hard to like laugh at cop jokes. Yeah, I know you mean. But it's it's still I just thought it's kind of funny because he's a cop, of course, in the whole cop donut joke. I love it, the very quick edit of Homer calling the police. I'm like, well, that makes perfect sense. And like <laughs> right right away, they're already wasting taxpayer dollars <laughs> with a helicopter. Yeah. Again, defund the police. <laughs> totally. Well, I mean, I guess helicopters are good, but we don't yeah. we they don't need military grade weapons. No, no. So I like that um, Wiggum just wants to shoot somebody <laughs> over a donut. Like, yeah. It's fun. It, was, it is funny then, but like now, also watching it in the, the you know re- recent adventures, like I don't know if I'm allowed to laugh at this because this is not very far I from could, yeah <laughs> how cops react. Because even his last line there, you know, what have I become? I shouldn't be saying this more than once a day. It's like, <laughs> you know, what else is he doing? Right. And again, just thinking of recent events, and so it's like, oh, this is too scary. It's, yeah, it's funny because it's true. Well, uh, that was depressing, but speaking of depressed, Homer sits on the curb. Uh, the donut uh, vendor, voiced by SNL alum, Portlandia star, and sometime drummer for Late Night with Seth Meyers, Fred Armisen, offers Homer an experimental donut, still in the development stage. It's a donut shaped like a little uh, beer keg. Homer uh, sucks a beer from the nozzle, crushes a keg in his forehead, and then eats it in a single bite. Homer is elated to meet his culinary innovator and would be honored to shake the hand that glazed such a revolutionary donut. His name is Terrence, but Homer is eager to learn more. Tell me everything about you. You're from Portland? I've heard of people being from there. No, I haven't. Yeah, but Portland just got too played out. The city used to be real. Do you know there are now restaurants there with two locations? (laughs) Not near my kids. Wait a minute. You have kids? You can't have kids. Look at you. 
You have a fun job, a skull ring, and it's not Halloween, and your belt is a seat belt. No one would ever think you're a lame old man. Ah, uh, you can't let being a dad slow you down. Me and the fam are doing the whole urban nomad thing, you know, just looking for an undiscovered city with affordable houses. <gasps> Our houses are the cheapest. The one next to me's been on sale forever. I see them lowering the price every morning when I go out to pee. I think we're going to be biased in some of this on this episode is because we're from Portland. So a lot of like the silly jokes, yeah. you know, we will like. I laughed when you said, there, can you believe there's a restaurants there that have two locations? Mm-hmm. I've been a snob to that. I think it was uh, when Fire on the Mountain, which is a, a wing oh. place here in Portland. They only had one location originally. Well, now they have like three. But yeah. I remember when their second location opened up and I was just like, it's just not the same as the one on uh, uh, Interstate. Yeah. <laughs> which is the original. The magic was gone. I know. Because the, the one on Interstate, it was the original one. It's, it's you know, kind of also like a dive, like shithole building. Right. And then they it build feels a, right, though. Yeah. And they build a new one. <laughs> yeah, I just remember like, always going in. They had all the sauces out with like, you know, you dip um, to taste them, you know. Oh. Celery. But it's just like, you're just like sharing mm. the germs with everybody. But that's Portland. That was my Portland man. Yeah. <laughs> But then when they open the newer ones on like Burnside or whatever, now it's like always busy and always like it, it's almost like a Buffalo Wild Wings. It is. Yeah. And, you know, leaving Portland makes sense, you know, because affordable housing is too expensive to live in Portland. Like I have a, a really sweet deal where I'm at now, but I don't know if we were to buy or move or something. It'd be, it'd be kind of scary. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was pulling clips for the, the episode, this episode, mm-hmm. and I had Portlandia on in the background. I just <laughs> now. Just not noticed that was kind of funny. Like and, and funny. I'm just talking right now, I'm like, wait, when I was pulling clips, I was watching some Portlandia. Nice. Yeah. So on uh, Evergreen Terrace, Homer stands outside his potential new neighbor's potential new house. Fingers crossed, hoping Terrence would rush into it. The hipster and his wife love the house. Uh, behind all that ugly renovation, this house has Nutra bones. So I didn't know what that meant. So I looked it up and Richard Joseph Nutra, who was born in 1892 and died in 1970, was a Jewish Austrian American architect who uh, lived in South uh, Southern California and uh, was a modernist architect who built houses. So there you go. I thought you were going to make a penis joke with Nutribone. It's a healthy penis supplement, Nutribone. Instead of eating blue chew, it's Nutribone. That's offer code annoyed grunt <laughs> for 15% off. The words annoyed grunt and penis shouldn't go together. Especially annoyed. I'm so annoyed I have to suck this dick again. Mm. It's a living. <laughs> hey, um, you know, when we talk about when we spin the wheel to find out what episode we're watching next week, we always ask, like, do you remember this episode? And a lot of times these newer ones, um, I don't. But as soon as um, I watch this episode, I'm like, oh, I remember because of the stupid tapped out game. I remember mm-hmm. this was the house. And I think his cart, too. Right. Yeah. We're all like, uh, you know, you had to rebuild it. And I think I even in my tapped out house, removed the old one and put the new one next to <laughs> next to the Simpsons household. <laughs> You always had the Flanders next to the Simpsons house, right? Of course, yeah. Because, you know, the crazy tapped out people that would, like, displace the, like, Evergreen Terrace or, like, move shit oh, around. Yeah. Like, what? Or do it in a weird, like, grid that is more, like, just efficient than... Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Tell us if you guys on your tapped out make sure that the Flanders... and I think if as long as you have the Flanders and Simpsons next together, I'm fine yeah, with and, that. And, like, Moe's and King Toots and... Oh, yeah. Oh, who are the weirdos who move those around? Yeah. No, oh, I'm still threatening to possibly download it, Steve. You have a life. You really want to waste it on that? <laughs> All right. Well, 
let's talk about that cool house. All right. Okay. Um, so now that the cool Portlandia kids have moved in, the Simpsons are off to for their first hangout uh, over there. Uh, Homer tells Marge and the kids that uh, he's already blown them away. That's that was you know what they said about him. So he assumes that uh, that's you know it's good, but he doesn't want the rest of the family there to screw it up. So Marge tells Bart and Lisa to just be themselves. Uh, that Homer doesn't want uh, that uh, floating in their head. So they get to know the rest of that family there. Hey, this is my armadillo, Chewy. Uh, Mexico Chewy, not Star Wars Chewy. Star Wars Chewy is just a man in a costume, so he's not scary. And this is our baby Corduroy <laughs> and our son T-Rex. Your neighbors. <laughs> I get it. T-Rex? Even their names are cool. Uh, this is um, ice cream, bungee jump, and viral video. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa! Cool. Look at these obscure card games. Hey, do you have Uno? I did, when I was Uno. Check out all these Sergeant Activity dolls. No, that's Combat Jack, the original British doll that Sergeant Activity ripped off. Fine, you have a weird old version of something. Let's just watch TV. A TV? We don't own a TV. I didn't know that was an option. I think I'm done here. Lisa, go nuts. I thought the joke was really weird when he introduces his armadillo Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. Homer just says the Star Wars Chewbacca is is just a man in a costume and he's not scary, right? Right. Like this is such a weird joke. <laughs> like, it's just out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, and it was like this. It's almost something like you know, again we bring this up, like a Family Guy type of joke. Yeah, it is a little. And then I thought about this hmm. based off like this time period and Homer's age when he saw Star Wars. In 1977, oh. he was probably like, what, five, four or five, maybe? Mm-hmm. And do the math. But he was went to see it with his dad, and Chewbacca scared scared him because he looked like, you know, a giant scary monster. Right. And then Abe just told him that he's just a man in a costume. He's not scary. And right. so Omar, like, uses that as his, like... <laughs> When he hears Chewbacca, it's a visceral thing. Right. And that's what he sees. Like, it's, it, yeah. So when you say Chewbacca to him, he gets back to his like five year old self. Yeah. It's almost like hypnosis. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my justification of that joke. I, I, it sounds perfect to me. I like it. Um, when Homer renames the kids, those are <laughs> yeah. very not cool names at all, like ice cream, viral video, bungee jump. I don't think those are cool. No, I mean, well, I mean ice cream is a good middle name. Well, not- ice cream, ice cream is cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, huh, bungee jump. Yeah, bungee jump's not cool. It's extreme. All right, to the max. Yeah, but not cool. No, just extreme to the max. To so, I, so ice cream cool, bungee jumping extreme, and uh, a viral video is uh, hmm. lame. Yeah, lame is good. They're for target moms, you know. Yeah, they get played out so quickly. Keep on making different versions of them. Yeah. Oh, so T Rex. Let's get back to that. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, a Mr. Patton Oswalt. Yes. I feel like he's been on the show before, or is this only the first and only time? I feel like he has been. Yeah. Have you seen uh, Modoc there? That mm-hmm. clip? Yeah. Doesn't he? Uh, he cooks rats in that Disney movie. <laughs> yes. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Rat stew. Is that the movie? Rat stew. Yeah. Rat stew with uh, yeah. yeah veggies. Yeah. All right. Uh, he was fun. in a. Two episodes. This one and the cad and the hat. Hey, we did that one. That's what I was thinking. Yes. Okay. Okay. 
All right. Well, um, T-Rex there. Um, he's uh, talking to Lisa and he's telling them that uh, about the TV there. Right. He's only allowed to watch what's on his father's queue. And he, he opens up a tablet to show showing a, a Miyazaki inspired uh, cartoon there. Uh, it was Yo-Yo and the Cl- uh, Cloud Palace. And that cartoon features a little cloud or the aforementioned there, Cl- Cloud Palace. And um a living worm trained with a uh, business bug passengers and kangaroo glasses and an unusual, unusual mustache and a bow tie inside the, that uh, kangaroo's pouch. We get a young girl frantically saying that she doesn't get off a cloud palace. She won't be home for school tomorrow. Uh, but the toad spirit has on uh, Ginzi. Uh, Lisa's uh, in love with that film. Yeah. Wow. I, that was a I, lot. Yeah. I kind of like how um, in this episode, I think the obvious choice would have been like Lisa has a crush on T-Rex. Like they would have gone that route. But I like how like they don't do that. Yeah. I like how just kind of like her thing is just in love with that lifestyle of Portland. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's good that she's smart enough to know to be attracted to the lifestyle and not the person. <laughs> That sounds. I, I should have said you saying that <laughs> out of <Yeah>. context. <laughs> Steven and the lifestyle. That's swinging, right? Yeah. Isn't that what they call swinging? Like the lifestyle? Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> or, I don't know. Or is it? I guess it's. I think the lifestyle could be anything, right? Yeah. Yeah, the lifestyle of the rich and famous. Gonna, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so Marge, though, is uh, not so comfortable because uh, she and Emily are sitting uh, with their youngest children. Marge uh, picks up the uh, latest issue of a satire newspaper, The Onion, with uh, such articles as Ocean 50% Mylar Balloons, Study, Ice Cream, America's Most Cried Over Food. And uh, so Marge is unaware of the publication, so she reads the headline out loud. Scientists prove cat heaven real, human heaven not. <gasps> That's so sad. Those are joke headlines. It's not a real newspaper. It's just satire. Oh, satire. And these fake movie reviews are so mean, it's hilarious. (laughs) Oh, those are real. Great paper. (laughs) Uh, Remember when the onion was still in print, not just digital? It was fun going to like a... uh, a pal's books and then going through their magazines and then reading the onion while I sipped on coffee, right? Oh, yes. Those are some fond memories. But I do like the joke of, you know, the funny headlines, the satire. With the, oh, no, you know, the movie reviews are real. <laughs> um, so the AV Club used to be one of my favorite websites. It sounds like such a hipster thing to say. Ugh. It, it's kind of gone downhill, but they are fairly harsh with stuff. So when they like make the jokes that they give the graduate an F or the uh, Wizard of Oz is a D plus. It's very apt. And they probably like pan the Simpsons a lot at this time. I feel like the AV club just automatically always gives every episode of the Simpsons, like the newer ones, like a B plus. Yeah. That's kind of funny though. like the old websites, I think around this time period too, I used to visit. I don't go visit anymore. Like crack.com. Right. Oh yeah. I haven't visited that in a long time. <laughs> and I used to like, uh, for like memes and stuff like that, uh, like the chive, remember the chive is yeah. still around. I don't know. This is also kind of part of the time period. Maybe I discovered Reddit. So then mm-hmm. I just realized, oh, the Chive just takes everything off the front page of Reddit and just puts it on <laughs> their site. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, but I think they might also now have some uh, kind of right-winging, right-wing uh, ties. Oh, I see. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was the other one? Uh, it was cracked up. 
is McSweeney still around? Oh yeah, they're uh, more. Uh, they do a lot of like sponsorship requests, like uh, like Wikipedia does, because they're like all independently funded. But they're they're still kicking out a lot of good pieces. That's good. Yeah, I can't think of uh, the other ones. I know, like I'm thinking about my bookmarks and yeah, most of my bookmarks I'm looking at now is like stuff for the podcast, Reddit, and then uh, interactive maps for things like Ghost of Tsushima, Red Dead Redemption, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. Video games are fun sometimes, Steve. Yes, they are. Yeah, your daily news. But uh, anyways, uh, what are we talking about, Steve? Oh, yeah, the, the AV Club. Yeah. So there's some other articles in the Onion there, Steve. Do you think these were actually real articles or headlines they probably used and the Onion gave permission? I, I was wondering that myself because... They used it, the actual logo and everything. Yeah, so it's probably... I wonder if Selman... He's got to know people at the Onion. Come yeah, on. Yeah, he maybe worked for the Onion. Yeah, that's where comedy comes from. The second city. <laughs> Um, so some of the other article says uh, Borg decides Earth not worth simulating. I find that one fun because it's a Star Trek joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, office loser spills coffee on own shirt as conversation starter. I find that one funny because I like <laughs> yeah, coffee. That one's you. All right. Yep. Let's see if the next one's for me. Um, Cold Soul reveals Superman's secret identity. Sure. I like Superman. I hate cold sores. Things. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Like Clark Kent has a cold sore. Superman has a cold sore. They've been kissing. All right. If that's not a comic book, guys, DC, get your act together. Write that episode. Yeah. Episode <laughs> issue. So is the next one geared towards you as well? Let's find out. Right. Housewife clicks weather bookmark, finds porn. <laughs> hmm. I do like weather. And you do like housewife. Yes. Housewife is good. <laughs> that's what you call your wife, right? Yeah. You come home, housewife, how are you? Thank for tolerate me, you. I was meant to say R, how are you, but I forgot that word existed. In between T and T and S. Uh, so just then, uh, Maggie there begins to uh, squirm with discomfort. And Marge knows that uh, that means she's hungry. And Emily just invites Marge to uh, feed her child and uh, proceed, then you know proceeds to feed her child by, you know, the natural way, Steve, which, of course, is breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. She's going to breastfeed a corduroy. That's their son's name. That's a pretty cool name. And it just... rubs me the wrong way. So Marge, uh, surprised, explains that uh, that's not applesauce. And Emily tells Marge that there's no reason to be uncomfortable around uh, a nursing mother. It's just a natural thing. And uh, Marge uh, sarcastically says that there's nothing <laughs> more natural than that. And so she lies saying that uh, Maggie had already <laughs> milked her earlier that day. I thought that was a funny way of <laughs> phrasing it. Yeah. So Marge uh, then tells Homer uh, that they should just go since they're uh, not like these people. So, but Homer is uh, less than eager to leave because his uh, new friend has given him a whole new look. Terrence is shaving his head bald. Uh, Marge shouts that Homer's all bald, but Homer defines it as young person cool bald, whereas before he was old person sad bald. So he sips his uh, craft beer, which is probably an IPA, uh, from uh, Creaky Floorboards Brewery. Homer hands Marge the, f- the hair that was on his head shaved off, and we see his two curls and the two points that were once around his dome. That's a fun little visual gag. Mm-hmm. Um, do you relate to uh, <laughs> bald Homer as being? And so you're going for like the their um your young cool, cool person bald, right? Is that what you're I would like about? to think so? <laughs> but now I think we've surpassed. Well, we're almost there to surpassing Homer's. We've real age. Mm-hmm. We've gone over the controversial age of 36. We've we've passed that milestone, but now we're getting we're getting close to being past the 39. Which after that, we're older than Homer. <sighs> <Ooh>. <laughs> So then that's when I'm going to assume you'll be old, sad person bald, right? Yeah. Look at the really big ears. <laughs> Do you know if you have hair? 
Um, like if if he grew it out, like would you yeah. have like bald spots? Like I I have bald spots. Yeah, I hate it, but but that's aging. So yeah, it's kind of hard to tell, but I definitely yeah wouldn't have much on top. Would you go with the cool uh, like the side hair that goes around? No, know, like the the Picard. Yeah, the Picard. <laughs> I don't want a crown of thorns. Um, it's just yeah, feels like it's more upkeep. Yeah, I don't know. I think I would be. I mean, it's gonna come down to the point where I'm like, I think I'll I'll eventually just have to shave everything off because I don't want. Yeah, I don't want the crown, like you said. I don't think I want that, Steve. But I, it, it's easy too. It's uh ten minutes a week. Yeah. Well. I guess uh, I, I probably won't find out. The world is going to end before I'm truly hairless. So, <laughs> so in the next six months, we might surpass uh, Homer's age. Right. You might shave it all off, <laughs> uh, and the world band. Yeah, cool. Let's see here. What movies are coming up? I just want to make it to see well the new Ghostbusters. So that's oh. I think November. So that's not too far away. Um, and then uh, maybe the new Spider-Man. But again, that's like in December. Um, I do want to see Dune. That's all this year. Okay. All right. Yeah, no, it can end like in January. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's uh let's just go on to the second act. How about that? Already. So it begins with uh as every second act on The Simpsons with Terrence and Homer who are installing a gate in their shared fence, uh, thus creating a uh, mono yard. And Homer attempts to rub his new friendship in uh, the face of Flanders over there, but actually Flanders finds that uh, to be a tremendous relief. So then uh, Santa's little helper uh, Snowball Two and uh, Chewy. The uh, armadillo play uh, between the two yards, and Lisa's ex- excited to finally compost because they got a compost there. Um, so she <laughs> throws the fruit, uh, like food scraps, into the pile and just stirs it, humming happily there. Uh, Marge is reluctant to rush into a relationship with the new neighbors. Uh, she might not be. Uh, she doesn't think they'll be a perfect match. Um, <laughs> let me see Emily crocheting a diaper onto a breastfeeding corduroy. Uh, Homer uh, tells uh, Marge uh, they've got a foolproof plan. I have a plan to deal with it. Step one, change everything about ourselves until we are super cool. The end. But I always thought you were cool. Honey, I'm not cool. I was never cool. I didn't go to college. Every CD I have, I bought at a car wash. Black and white films make me angry. I can't pronounce artist anal. I only know David Cross from the Chipmunks movie. Not only do I like Van Halen, but I think they keep getting better. Oh. But if me and my kids do the same stuff as Terrence and his kids, I could be a cool dad. Well, sweetie, if it's that important to you, I guess we can try. Mm, Thanks, baby. Here, have a bracelet made of a 70s educational film strip. Ooh, hygiene! Uh, Let's talk about Homer's ramble on there. That was good. Yeah. Well, one thing, was there a blunder, Steve, because Homer said he's never been to college when, of course, we know he has. He had to go to college because uh, Conan Bryan told him to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he had to pass a nuclear science class and Homer goes to college. Come on. Yeah. He Matt's, had the whole experience. Yeah. Matt Selman has no respect for Conan. Oh, Maybe that's that... why he was so frazzled. <laughs> Somebody's like, excuse me, sir, do you know who Conan O'Brien is? <laughs> oh, right. In the wiki photo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like, I had to get coffee for that red-haired son of a bitch for eight years. That's why he's squinting. He's just mad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the best line is uh, he can't say artisanal. <laughs> yeah, artisanal. And uh, I love the end there with like, I actually think Van Halen uh, gets better. <laughs> and <then laughs> every CD every... you ever bought was at a car wash. I think I can figure out what the, the CDs would be. Eagle's Greatest Hits. Volume 2. Volume 2. Steve Miller Band's Greatest Hits. <laughs> Volume two. Volume. Was there actually volume two? Uh, Aerosmith. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> but not a greatest hits. Yeah. The one with the nipples on it, the cow. <laughs> oh, uh, I, so uh, Bruce Springsteen born in the USA. Yes. Uh, Garth Brooks, uh, whatever that. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. The achy, breaky yeah. heart. Yeah. No, was, no, that was uh, Billy Ray. Billy Ray. Yeah. But that's probably there. too. That's also there. Yeah. <laughs> no. And they and uh, no, that's what I call music. Volume three. <laughs> Uh, see if there's a Macarena, <laughs> yeah. Um, a probably... single of Whoop, there it is, but for your look, <laughs> but it's a remix with your local sports team. Oh, yeah, hey, that's reference to Portland. Uh, I remember like in the 90s, the Portland Trailblazers put out a parody. Well, I'm quoting a parody album because it was Portland based uh basketball songs, but all you know, um, using original songs, like instead of like, like you know, uh. I'm trying to think of Do you remember that CD or the tape? Yeah, tape actually. Like I remember, did like you know the song "Baby Love," "Baby Love." It was a uh, Blazer Love, right? I think remember. there was one original song. It was Rip City because it was Rip, Rip City, City, Rap City, City. City. Yeah. Rip City, Rap City, the Portland Trailblazers of the NBA. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> fun times, guys. Um, <laughs> Homer, you're cool to me. Yeah, me too. So uh, Homer and Terrace take their children to Protozoa Records, which is a, a play on uh, Amoeba Records. It's a great record store. And then there's a montage of posters being hung on the wall representing their cool activities. So on Monday, it's a rock show. Tuesday, we got Mexican wrestling. Then on Wednesday, we have roller derby. Thursdays, we got Korean Gangster Film Festival. Craig, hey. how many of those have you been to? One. <laughs> two for me. Yeah, I just... I just uh, never wanted to go to a rock show. It's weird. Who likes only, rocks that much? <laughs> no, um, only Korean gangster film festivals for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's pretty Portland, though. I mean, roller der- derby, pretty popular up here. I mean, it was, or I mean, maybe after COVID, does it? They probably don't. Do they roller derby still? I, I mean, it like, probably this, existed pre-COVID, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure it doesn't now. Yeah, they used to come in a lot. The old bar that I used to KJ at. Mm-hmm. Um, Mexican wrestling. I haven't. Is that Portland? In, is that popular in Portland? Because um, sure. there's Portland wrestling was a big thing back in like the 60s and 70s. And that's kind of come back now, too, is kind of like a hipster thing to watch and go to. Yeah. And uh, I know in on Lombard here, the street where I live up a few miles, there is a blue collar wrestling, um, I think, every Sunday. But I don't, again, I don't think they're doing it right now. Yeah. Huh. I would definitely go to a uh, Korean gangster film festival again. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, there's also some posters on either side of those posters. Uh, one that looks like a uh, one for Scott and the specials and the other one for Iggy Pop. Mm. But uh, that evening, Marge is upset that Homer took Bart to a Korean film festival. And then Bart and Lisa recount their day. But that only makes Marge more mad. This one guy was part of another guy's gang. I mean, Kong Pei. But then he quit and joined another Kong Pei. And when the guys in the first Kong Pei found out, they were so mad they put his feet in a blender. Then they cut to a guy eating noodles and blood splashed on him. At the art walk, we walked into a gallery and it was just a guy crying. That was the art! (sighs) The kids are a mess. You brought them home exhausted and pretentious. No, we need to take kids to grown-up stuff. That's Terrence's parenting style. Parenting shouldn't have a style. Parenting is about bedtimes and passwords on computers and complicated punishments you never follow through on. Are you wearing a wallet chain? You look like a barista. I like how her emphasis on the word barista. Barista. Uh, but Margie, you know, she has a point about uh, parenting should have a style. I, kinda, I mean, I'm not a parent, so I think but I think that's kind of interesting, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> I do like the uh, 
following up on punishments <laughs> or that we'll never follow up on. <laughs> yeah, just empty threats. Yep. And the, the fear of shame. Right. <laughs> That's all you need. Shame. Like the lady on Game of Thrones. Yes. Or like Foo Fighters latest song. Or Ted Lasso. That has the lady from Game of Thrones that says shame. Yeah. yeah. That's the connection I was making. Oh, okay. Marge's rant is good. Yeah. Her her reasoning, I like it. It's it's sound. But Homer doesn't feel the same way because he defends his new accessory, saying that it'll prevent uh, pickpockets. Oh, the days of wallet chains. Marge then questions Homer's scarf that, ha- he, that happens to be soaked in a neck uh, sweat. Homer says that uh, wearing a scarf in non-scarf weather is the essence of cool, and then he flips the scarf for effect, but it kind of really grossly splashes a pool of sweat over Marge's head and onto the wall. Steve, are you murdering a cat over there? No, I'm sorry. I think our listeners want to know what's going on with the cat. (laughs) So he was sleeping, and then he woke up, and then he wanted out, so I let him out, and then he went back in, and now he is uh, trying to climb the ceiling. So two seconds, please. I'm not much of a scarf guy, are you? No. And uh, the chain wallet. Mm-hmm. I wore my chain wallet probably till, man, probably 2010, maybe. I don't know. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was that late, but. Oh, yeah. I used to have, like, I think from like middle school onto like yeah, in my adulthood, I used <laughs> chain wallets. They do have a practicality to them. Yeah, they do for, for you know, pickpocketers. Mm-hmm. But I think in like my older age, like we remember like you're in like middle school, like used to like the chain wallet, like down to your knee was the thing. Oh, yeah. But it was an older adult. I My chain was actually pretty small. Mm-hmm. I got made fun of for having a small chain, Steve. Aww. No, but that the, the reason was it's, just, it's more not hidden, but, you know, like I don't need. You don't need to glam it up like yeah. you're headed to a corn concert. Yeah, it's like the guys that always uh, always have a pocket knife, but they never use it. Yeah, they have like like on their belt. <laughs> yeah, or in the little um, little hole on the jeans. Is that where you would put it? Oh, yeah. The little pocket. The fob pocket. The condom pocket. <laughs> so anyways, uh, the Simpsons uh, head on to the, uh, the birthday party there. Looks like an abandoned warehouse. Homer's all decked out in some hipster garb. And he's upset that his uh, goatees barely come in and he rubs the, the chin and resembles just the two little hairs I use on, on top of his head. Mm-hmm. And then he says, why does my hair only grow in twos? Which makes me wonder, what's his uh, pubic hair situation like? Didn't we talk about his pubes like a couple podcasts ago? I think so. I think that we said that he has two. Two up top two, and the stripes the, go down the shaft. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. There's two on each testicle and then on each like corner of the area uh-huh. between the leg and the scrotum right that part right but the sides yeah would be the matt graining signature mg <laughs> wait is that yeah or just the, yeah and we asked you to to draw it for us and send us uh, on twitter but no one has still open for those <laughs> yeah um our twitter is uh chrissy tegan at chrissy tegan yeah <laughs> oh yeah she's been canceled by herself i forgot yeah, three times um, over now yeah america's greatest comedian so homer's made a, a gift for t-rex Marge doesn't understand why he doesn't buy him a toy. And then Homer knows that a homemade gifts are how cool families demonstrate how awesome they are. And then if they were to show up with a toy from the store, like he'd buy for his kids, he'd be a failure. (laughs) 
I like the, the Dan's reading of that. It's just yeah. really good. And then, uh, and then he said, if he's a failure, um, then his skinny jeans would flatten his junk for nothing. Ah, skinny jeans. Oh, skinny jeans. I don't wear those anymore because because of what Homer just said. <laughs> yeah, pancake dick, flopjacks. Now I just you know I just wear <laughs> I just wear shorts because I'm that guy. Are they short shorts? No. They're so dad who shorts. wears short shorts? I don't know. I see like people in the store. <laughs> People in the street. Day. Anyway, uh, inside the warehouse, uh, several adult hipsters are uh, hanging out as a cool band plays. Looks like that's uh, David Byrne hanging out with uh, Clothes, uh, Daniel Clothes, the art- uh, artist who made Ghost World. Uh, and then we see not comic book guy, but the other comic book guy, Milo, and his wife, Strawberry. And uh, they have a kid, but we never learned their name. And then on a bare brick wall, there's an eight millimeter projector playing old timey itchy and sketchy cartoons. And Marge is uh, less than pleased with her surroundings. Is that uh, Dave Silverman there watching the cartoons? Could be, yeah. I'm just looking right there. Uh, is that? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's... Was that Silverman or? I think it truly could be. I wonder, but I don't know who the other guys are. They look like people. I, maybe the one on the right is uh, Selman. Yeah, I think so. Although I think I see Selman later on in the episode at the midnight bike run. I think maybe one looks like Selman. Yeah, I, there's probably a couple writers <laughs> in there. This also kind of looks like Bob Odenkirk on the right, though. <laughs> it does. <laughs> All right. Um, the one hey. on the left kind of looks like Fred Armisen. Oh yeah, I mean, he has like a beard. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Steve, uh, let's let's hear what Marge has to say about this party. Jeez, is this a kid's birthday party or the place a bad guy kidnaps you to in a movie? Yeah, this factory used to make blimp tires. T Rex loves decaying industrial skates. I used to. Now I'm into abandoned ethnic union halls. Come on, dude. This party rocks. Love the temporary tattoo station. Uh, temporary? I want kitty whiskers. You got it. There's gotta be a bounce house around here somewhere. At least maybe a pinata? Oh no, Ralph's gonna have kitten whiskers for the rest of his life. Oh no. Didn't he dress up in like kiss makeup at one point and have when it was a cat? Hmm. Some reason that that image is yeah. It wasn't the in sync episode. I don't know why they would dress up as kiss, but yeah, I, I have that image too. Huh. Weird. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Marge, there. Um, I'm sorry. There's not going to be a pinata. Oh. Um, instead of the bouncing houses and those pinatas, Marge steps to an office building to find bouncing tatas full of milk, and several of the hipster mothers are breastfeeding their children. Uh, one mother of twins multitasking, uh, feeding both of them. At the same time, Marge shouts out, "Holy areoli!" <laughs> And it invites Marge to join in the milk circle, but Marge claims that uh, Mag- Maggie's too shy. But uh, that's no problem because uh, Emily offers her a nursing, nursing apron. And uh, Marge pretends, uh, so she takes in Marge, pretends to uh, feed Maggie with her breasts. She's saying uh, how natural it feels. But underneath that apron, Marge is actually just jabbing uh, Maggie there with the uh, nipple of the milk bottle uh, rather than jabbing her own nipple. So Maggie pushes the bottle away. And it flies out of the Marge's hands and onto a rug in plain view of all the moms. And they're all shocked. Um, they're like, oh, a bottle made of plastic full of formula. And then even one child stops breastfeeding. <laughs> He's just like, that is so wrong. <laughs> what a weird voice choice for that kid. It was, yeah. Also made him sound like he was like eight. I know. <laughs> That's an appropriate age to still be breastfeeding, right? <laughs> We're not parents and mothers. Yeah, we, exactly. we have it's not a conversation to have. So Marge admits that uh, she gives her children a formula 
and that calls the other mothers uh, nipple Nazis. Emily says that if uh, Marge won't breastfeed Maggie, they'll do it for her. And then two of the mothers step forward towards Marge, lifting up their shirts, but she threatens them all with the bottle, causing them to cower in fear because she'll do it just like she just did before. She'll do it. So on the other side of the warehouse, T-Rex is disappointed as he keeps opening his presents. He gets one. He gets a camera. It's a 1950s Pontiac accordion camera because he always uses one of those. And then he gets some bowling shoes that already even that vintage. Uh, he says all this uh, sarcastically, Steve. Uh, but then he opens finally Homer's presents, the one that Homer made for him. And there's a denim jacket with the word Dino Cool on the back with a T-Rex wearing sunglasses and giving a thumbs up. And while this is clearly an awesome gift, the Patton Oswalt character there has some different thoughts. Dino cool. Oh, I get it. A T-Rex for the T-Rex. How long did it take him to think of that one? Oh, man. <laughs> hey, my dad worked really hard to make that. He took a class to learn denim painting. Oh, this is so pathetic. I can't even wear it ironically, ironically. This guy's going on my poser tumbler. <laughs> no one badmouths my dad except me. Oh, no, Bart is mad and wants to defend his father? What? This isn't The Simpsons, I know. Oh, or is it? Yeah, it is. Okay, so uh, Bart then tackles the T-Rex and they begin to fight. As they do so, the band plays the fight music from Star Trek. The... <laughs> yeah, fun stuff. Yeah. I think my favorite rendition is still from Cable Guy when uh, <laughs> Jim Carrey does it, the medieval times. Oh, yeah. People know this, that Cable Guy is underrated, but uh, yeah. I'll say it again underrated totally so good early performance from jack black and that other guy jim carrey yeah uh so the boys uh, roll around on the ground smashing a crate of vinyl records pissing off a dj terrence and homer pull their sons apart and uh, terrence tells homer that bart attacked his son turning the former slaughterhouse into a place of violence <laughs> after explaining that the warehouses can be repurposed terrence and his family kick the, uh, the family out which means no midnight bike ride with homer and then we go to later that evening probably at midnight at the, the homestead, 742 Evergreen Terrace. And Homer watches out the windows. Terrence rides by on a uh, vintage bike there. Uh, Mylon Strawberry on a tandem bike with the baby carrier attached. And then behind them, uh, other hipsters ride as well on some like recumbent bikes, some with a turntable attached. And uh, to finish off the parade, we got Sideshow Mel rolls along on a unicycle saying, feeling included is life's greatest joy. I feel like they could have made a uh, naked bike ride joke there. Yeah, because that's a very poor. Well, it's actually a worldwide thing, but Portland yeah. embraces it. And yeah. Yeah. I'm like looking at the bicyclists that go by. I feel like there is one just kind of looks like Selman. I thought, I don't know. Yeah. The guy at the very end in the glasses next to the kid uh, behind the turntable either yeah. looks like Selman or J.J. Uh, Abrams. <laughs> You're right. But I, I'm going to go with Selman. Yeah. And then the last guy looks like Mo. I mean, I'm Mel. <laughs> um, anyways, let's let's get on to our third act, which always begins with Homer angrily pacing in the kitchen as his family looks on and his anger, though, may be misplaced. Oh, oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. Have you been oh boying all night? Oh, 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 oh boy. We had the family version of a bromance going with our awesome neighbors, and you had to screw it up. Look, that kid threw your present in the garbage, and he called you a poser, and everyone laughed. He called me a poser? Yeah, I was sticking up for you. You? Sticking up for your old man? You've never done that before. Also, I didn't want to tell you, 
but that wife and her gang look down on me because I don't breastfeed. What? No one judges my wife's thunderbags. Well, maybe I was wrong about these people. Whoever thought a cool person could be a jerk? They can go tea hell. It's the rarity. I don't think of Bart really ever sticking up for Homer. Yeah. And Homer kind of listening to his family there and like, oh, maybe they aren't as great. I see. Yeah. And it was just a nice touch of sweetness, but without like being over the top. Right. Nice. I like that. But Homer puts his anger into action, boarding up the gate that he and Terrence built. The friendship between the Simpsons and whatever the last name this is, is, is over. Uh, Terrence then demands his mustache stencils back and Homer tosses them on the ground. And the stencils are uh, the ringmaster, the day tripper, last call, uncle weirdo, El Futuro, the box social, the Viscount and the corner office. So Homer then tries to think of something to get back um, from Terrence when he sees Lisa sitting in T-Rex's room. Uh, reading Asterix comics while being surrounded by vintage uh, promotional lunchbox boxes for shows like The Voiceover Years and Hannah and MFA. What was Homer wanting back when he saw Lisa? Because he says, and I, I have to get and you have to give me back Lisa. Like what what did Homer give that Terrence needs to return? Maybe it was some of his uh, funny records. I don't know. <laughs> Alan Sherman. Yeah. <laughs> Ned Flanders comes in to uh, I'll try to be a little peacekeeper. I just thought if we got together, we could change the channel from the Feud Network to Comedy Central. Could we at least agree to both hate Flanders? I like him. He talks in rhyme and owns a whimsical store in a failing mall. He's like the dad in a Wes Anderson movie. Shut up with your names! Well, we were just questioning the parenting that led to Bart not using his words with Tyrannosaurus. Parenting? Let me tell you cool parents something. Parents are supposed to be lame, so their kids have something to rebel against by becoming cool just long enough to get married and have kids for whom they are lame. It's nature's way. When you're old, your tattoos will be saggy and illegible. Well, at least I don't put a corporate chemical cocktail into my child's body. See? See what I'm dealing with here, Ned? We invited them here, and they would pay us with insults and judgments. Yes, but there's two sides to every... Even Flanders agrees. This is our neighborhood. We were here first, so you should leave. The Feud Network and Comedy Central. (laughs) It's a very tight joke. Very Flandersy too. Yeah. I do like when Terrence, he reminds him of a Wes Anderson dad. I thought that was so good, too. And also, stop with your names. (laughs) Homer's just like, he almost was going to do like that uh, stereotypical Italian. Like, almost was like, shut up up with your voice. Like, I almost (laughs) thought that was about to happen. But uh, and then Homer, of course, just telling it like it is like, yeah, you know, you should be lame in front of your (laughs) your kids. (laughs) You want them to rebel. That's good. It's the best advice you can give. Yeah, I assume. (laughs) Oh, I also see a blunder because I think later on Homer's uh, bald again. But in this scene, he's has his traditional hair back. Oh, you do. Yeah, you're right. So they're talking about uh, the new neighbors moving. But uh, Emily firmly states that they're not going to go anywhere. She then shows that her house was written up in Dwell, the Burn Refurb magazine. When uh, Terrence Humble brags about the article, Springfield will be as popular as toe sneakers. Those are weird. I don't like them. Uh, he then warns <laughs> that the us types are coming. So then a long line of mopeds, trailers, and electric vehicles form outside of Springfield. Uh, hipsters are eager to gentrify the town. And then changes are already being made as the Sprawl Mart is transformed into America's apparel, <laughs> uh, which features locally sourced hoodies. This hasn't really aged, that joke hasn't aged well, because uh, American Parallel doesn't exist anymore, do they? 
No, they don't. Their CEO was a creep. Yeah. And there was the, the Springfield Tire Fire is now the Springfield Farmer's Market. <laughs> King Tut's is now King Toke's Medical Marijuana Clinic. <laughs> Even the Android Judge and, and Baseball Car Shop has changed to be um, an exclusive store selling only uh, Tashina coffee table books. <laughs> then Nelson just runs into the shop shouting, but <laughs> that reminds me of uh, when I was like in, I think seventh grade. I had a couple of friends who were very uh, Christian and we were hanging out at the mall one time and they took me to Walden's books and uh, <laughs> led me to the massage uh, section because a lot of the photos would be of naked people. <laughs> and that was like their pornography. <laughs> they take a mental image. And, and yeah, did so you, that's what that's reminded me of. Did you end up buying the book for them, Steve? Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> it should be here next week. <laughs> You also just uh, dated yourself by saying Walden books <laughs> and the mall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, grandpa. <laughs> books. But I do like that Tashin thing. It's funny. Yeah. You also go like to the medical section too. Oh, yeah. But okay. then you might see owies when you're looking for boobies. <laughs> That's true. Oh, good. Like art books. That's another one. Yeah. Then you feel sophisticated. Oh, this I'm black fancy. and white photo of a naked lady. It's very artistic. The lighting is. I really enjoy the composure. All right. Well, um, at the uh, Springfield Charter Co-op uh, Experiment, formerly known as uh, Springfield Elementary, hip parents drop off the kids through various means of transport, such as a unicycle, moped, skateboard, uh, a pogo stick. And then Miss Krabappel there introduces her students to their new music teachers, who just happen to be from the City of Roses. December man, take it away. Class, say hello to your new music teachers, the Decemberists. Now, who wants to learn a song about press gangs and infanticide? Stupid town. At least I still got Moe's, although probably not seeing where this is going. <gasps> what happened here? I don't know. Everything crappy about this place they like, even the rats. Mormon Chago Aziz. I love Homer's line of, uh, I guess, breaking the fourth wall by saying, like, I can't see where this is going. <laughs> yeah. Here's the plot. I'm driving to it. Check off phasers. Check off phasers. Yeah. The Thunderbacks, too. Yeah. He said that earlier. Yeah. I forgot yeah. to bring that up. Thunderbacks. Uh, so Marge and Homer both uh, rush home in their own cars. And when they find each other, they embrace. It's gotten bad. The cool people are everywhere. Somehow, they've even made the weather rainier. <laughs> They're taking over. It's a hellhole of designer houses, yoga classes, and energy-efficient modes of transportation. And the effects of the new Springfield residents uh, becomes evident right away with the Keep Springfield Weird sign, which uh, is a reference to the Keep Portland Weird, but mm -hmm. we stole it from Austin, Texas. So it was originally an Austin, Texas thing. Sorry. Mm -hmm. And Austin's the new Portland anyways, so... From what I hear, it's, the, it's like 90s. It's the old Portland that was the new Portland that's now the old Portland or something like that. I'll have to draw that out. Right, because now it's not cool to move to Austin because too many people did, right? This month, anyway. Yeah. I don't know where the next cool place is going to be. Maybe like uh, Branson, Missouri. Topeka, Kansas. Uh, we see a tattooed poster worker come out with a parrot. Um, <laughs> and then, then all of a sudden we see a Daft Punk person walking by. I'm, well, who's that, Steve? Turns out it's actually Disco Stu because he found a new thing. So he's a Daft Punk stew. Yeah. Sounds like a horrible stew. <laughs> crunchy. <laughs> but it is French. Anyway, so Homer wonders what happened to this town. Everyone wears clothes uh, from the past and uses computers from the future. 
And then just then we see a steampunk man riding on a penny farthing asking Siri where he can buy spats. And Siri tells the man to, to check out Apu's house of spats. It's good that Apu is diversifying. It's probably no longer the quickie more. Yeah. Yeah. Growing economy. Uh, back at home, Bart is playing with trucks and a dinosaur, which I thought was cute. And <laughs> he, he uh, hears T-Rex typing on his phone. T-Rex uh, warns Bart not to attack him as he has a salvaged police whistle. He had to replace the ball, but everything else is in stock. That's a fun sound clip. <laughs> he had to replace the ball, but everything else was in stock. The uh, yeah, I too enjoyed the imagery of uh, Bart with playing with like a pterodactyl and a tank. Yeah, I think it's like him working it out with T Rex because the pterodactyl represents the dinosaur T Rex, and it's Bart attacking his world is the tank because mm-hmm. he's the one, the strong one, holding the unit known as the Simpsons family down. Sturdy, grounded. Yeah. <laughs> Um, or that's just what they drew because it's a cartoon. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, so Bart tells T-Rex that uh, he's over their fight, which um, and then tries to uh, relate to T-Rex. I also like this. It's such a kid thing because remember when you're a kid, like at that age, you hate hmm. some kid, you know, and you're pissed at them. And then the next day, like you all forget about it. <laughs> They're your best friend again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, here's uh, Bart trying to relax with T-Rex. Why aren't you at the block party? <laughs> Block parties are lame. Why do you think everything's lame? I don't know. I I don't get a lot of sleep. I was out really late at an all-ages burlesque show. Sorry, I was mean to your dad. That's okay. He is pretty lame. Hey, want to watch TV? Real TV? With commercials? Terrible commercials. But I'm supposed to turn the compost. Screw that. It's crusty time. And all ages burlesques. Oh, no, no. Okay. I thought it was creepy because I thought it's like you said all ages, like like little kids, too. Is that what you thought? I mean, it just sounds weird, but no, it would just be because burlesque is more about the art than yeah, just the sexiness. It's uh, yeah, there would be no nudity. Right. Because I think those probably do exist. Right. It's probably like a PG affair. It's, you know, they dress up as Disney characters and do burlesque, right? Right. I mean, a Hooters is more perverted, right? It definitely feels more like they're objectifying people. Hooters. Yeah. Yeah. Chicken wings, Steve. Chicken wings. That's what they make. Chicken wings. I really liked, um, (laughs) I don't know. I'm tired all the time. Man. (laughs) He very much, he is, he's Portland. (laughs) Yeah. But man, doesn't that just make sense sometimes? Uh, Yeah. It's exhausting to be alive. (laughs) Anyway, the unattended uh, compost pile then begins to smoke and burst into flames. An ember jumps to Corduroy's wooden toys and sets the uh, art table on fire. I love the toys because they're very much like the natural kind of toys that you'd buy at a weird toy store that has mostly uh, educational things for them. That was a nice touch. At the block party being held at the statue of uh, Jebediah Springfield, Devil Donuts have set up a booth. There's also one for home brewing, hat making, silk screening, and shadow puppets. The uh, residents of Springfield have all gone hip, crafting in antiquated ways, dressing in various versions of trendy, and even the bullies have uh, hit the cool bug by forming a drum circle. Uh, Marge and Homer attempt to reason with Terrence and Emily, saying they don't have to be friends, but... They would like to live on the fringes of their world, like those eels that uh, eat whale poop. Uh, Terrence says that uh, they'll talk about it, which is a roundabout way of saying no. And then suddenly the aroma of unturned compost and Cuban movie posters burning wafts through the air. It's the hip house. It's on fire. And uh, Terrence is especially concerned because if the flames reach his donut oil, the whole neighborhood will go up in flames. 
Uh, Homer then tries to uh, blast the fire with the hose, uh, but the community garden is using all the water pressure because Terrence had to have local radishes. Oh, Terrence. So Marge quiets down the trendy argument to call the fire department. But uh, Lenny answers and he's dressed in a uh, 19th century fire chief. And he says that the old timey fire bell spooked the horses and they ran away. This organic, all natural lifestyle doomed them all. And so to save them, they need something incredibly unnatural. Marge has just the thing. 50 gallons of crusty brand baby formula. Homer constructs a net of scarves and wallet chains to, ho- to hoist the baby formula above the fire. Finally, they are necessary. The powder of the formula quickly puts out the fire and the townsfolks cheer. Look at all those checkoff guns. I know. You had the uh, baby formula and Homer's wallet chain. Mm-hmm, and the scarves. Everything was useful in this episode. It's a very well-written episode. Yeah. Um, so Emily apologizes to Marge for judging her parenting skills, and Marge admits that she does have some guilt for not uh, breastfeeding her kids, except, of course, for Lisa, <laughs> which she breastfed for nine months. We then see Lisa reading The Elegant Universe while Bart <laughs> zones out practically drooling over a Buzz Cole ad on TV, <laughs> and uh, Marge looks on worried about the future. I love that joke just because it's, I guess the scientists do say that, like, breastfeeding does help with children's learning or whatever you know makes them Mm -hmm. smarter that's why i'm dumb because i wasn't breastfed (laughs) i'm bart we're all bart craig we're all bart uh poor maggie there looking worried i like how self-aware she is though yeah maggie's good in this episode because she wants the boob too who doesn't as the hipsters uh come together to uh, clean up the wreckage turns and homer manhug homer is happy that he can finally do it right t-rex is excited and hyped up asks his daddy if he can uh, go to crusty burger with bart and get a laughy meal because each laughy meal comes with a different toy and he's got to collect them all lisa then comments on an article that she just read Check it out! The New York Times travel section just named Springfield America's coolest city. See? That means Springfield is played out. Please, please take me with you. I am one of you. I understood all your references. No matter where you go, I will find you! Oh, is that an inside joke about The Simpsons, how Springfield's too played out? Could be, yeah. Uh, that's fun. It's, I mean, it's a great commentary on uh, hipsterism in general. Right. Poor Lisa. Poor Lisa. She'll find her tribe soon, Steve. Mm-hmm. She just has to grow up a little bit, you know? I get your references. It's so fun, though. That's us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. I, I, I listen to that podcast, too. Uh, yeah. So the hipsters leave the now played out town. And that's the credits. But uh, it's not yellow, Steve. It's white. So does that mean that we get post-credits scenes? Perhaps. Maybe even a brief message about artisanal nuclear power. I thought that was art is anal nuclear power. (laughs) Art is anal. Anal is art. Spoiler alert. That's my my transcendental meditation, uh, my mantra. Art is anal. Anal is art. You can't use it. And out. That's what it's all about. Um, Yeah. So in the credits... uh, it's it's burns talking to some hipsters and um i guess let's just have burns uh, describe what's going on about uh artisanal nuclear power steve and then uh we'll take a break and come back and wrap it up sounds good we'll be right back nuclear energy was a craft before it was a science i mean what's wrong with the old ways when uranium came from a stream and atoms were split by hand then transformed into the kind of electricity that illuminated not just our homes, but our souls as well. Who decided that the electrons we produce can't stand for something greater 
Sure, handmade electricity costs more and powers less, but maybe that's the point. The adventure begins. All right, we're back, Steve. Let's finish up our discussion of this episode, which I call the day the earth stood cool. What I call it, too. Yeah, we'll do our usual uh, visual gags, stuff we would uh, put on a shirt or a tattoo or uh, knit on a tote. Is that thing Portland people do? Yeah, I've seen totes. Yeah, totes. Um, I have a tote from my winemaker's friend's wine, uh, winery. Totes, cool. Totes, for sure. Um, and then, uh, yeah, our favorite things, and we'll find out what we're watching next week. How about that? Sounds wonderful. What from this episode would you put on a shirt or anything? <sighs> anything you want. There are a lot of good visual things here. And I think that the obvious choice would be, you know, the drawing that Homer made. <laughs> I was yeah, him driving with the driving the car with saying rap music. Mm-hmm. I, I even said in the podcast I would get that tattooed, but yeah, I would definitely have a shirt of that. I think that's mine. Yeah, another one that I was thinking of is a shirt of Hannigan MFA. Just because it's a very funny concept of uh, like a Columbo type at a museum learning about fine art. So uh, you're saying this was neoclassical, huh? Well, what about, um, don't forget the Dino Cool shirt that uh, T-Rex gets from, or the jacket that Homer oh, makes. that is very cool, yeah. It is Dino Cool. Yeah. I mean, I just want the jacket. Yeah, that's, yeah, I'd wear that. Uh, I know the obvious choice would probably be the Devil Donuts, but no, I wouldn't do that just because uh, too much like Voodoo Donuts here in Portland. Yep, and also that was another thing I remember from Tapped Out. Voodoo Donuts? The the Devil Donuts. Oh, yeah. Um. All right, Uh. yeah, there is. I mean, all the... All the Springfieldians dressed as hipsters is fun. You know, all the, the shops that get renamed. Um, if you were a Decemberist fan, you get a shirt uh, that says the Decemberist, but in the Simpsons font, or style. Yeah. Um, all right. What about uh, haha jokes or your favorite uh, lines or scenes? Yeah. Um, I really like a lot of the commentary on getting older. Um, like when uh, Homer talks about rebelling against uh, what's cool, so or what, what your parents are doing, so don't be cool as a parent because then they'll just not be cool. I don't know. I'm not a parent, but where I'm at with my life, how much it, this episode speaks to me. But as for jokes, uh, I really liked Patton Oswald's character and just the way he was so droll and sarcastic and even the way that he would say TV because <laughs> it was so hillbilly to watch TV. Yeah. I don't know. So he's probably going to be my my uh, MBJ, but there's so many other, so many good jokes in here. What do you think, Craig? Hmm. I think Marge is great. A lot of her lines, um, but besides like the actual poignant stuff about parenting and from their viewpoint, you know, mm-hmm. both Homer and Marge have some good lines there. The beginning, I also liked, you know, Wiggum in the beginning. I was <laughs> kind of creepy, but it's it's fun. Yeah. Oh, uh, Mar- Marge definitely reading the Onion. Oh, yeah, that was good. So yeah, for like my MBJ, huh? I think Marge and Homer are pretty good. Uh, you're right. I mean, Patton Oswalt does always play such a good like that character. You know? Yeah. Uh, giving him the MBJ. You know, I think maybe Marge sometimes with her silly words. <laughs> Those are pretty good. I'm yeah. just going to give it to her. Hey, I, was, I just kind of want to get into it, really, because um, let's do that. Let's get oh. into it. 
Alrighty, Craig. This is a really interesting episode because obviously we're going to be kind of biased because we are in the town that they're parodying. But um, aside from that, it's a very well-written episode. There's like a very linear one plot that goes through. Nothing is wasted. The jokes are plentiful and tight. There's so many like visual gags, like in the sexual harassment uh, seminar, like that Eric, the, the Viking is another teacher. That'd be fun. It's joke, 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 joke. But it's also has that slight bit of sentimentality with Homer and uh, Bart. And I don't know. I just uh, it it the more I watched it, the more jokes I saw, the more I, I liked it. And I think the references, especially of that time, were really relevant without se- seeming to be too tryhard. I don't think drum circles were ever that hip, but it's a minor thing. Uh, so I'm going to say that Portlandia had 79 episodes on the IFC channel. And so I'm going to give this a uh, 75 out of 79. Yeah, I, I agree that it was a very well-crafted, like I said, a lot of uh, earlier, like a lot of the Chekhov guns are in this episode, but that's all like everything you write, you were saying like is not wasted. There's, or you know, there's nothing there that isn't referenced. All the characters, you talk about writing too, like every character has like moments in this episode and has a thing. You yeah. Know? Bart's story of, you know, first he hates uh, the T-Rex, you know, defending his father's honor. Lisa has her thing, you know, like I said, living that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Even Maggie has moments. It is. It This is a, a well-written sitcom episode. Like you could take the same script and put it into any other like family sitcom. Yeah. And also what's impressive is that, you know, there was no intro and there was an extra, you know, basic like minute and a half scene with the the outro so that's like almost uh, a full 24 minutes of of episode which in that even that time is kind of rare right right because you know this is time still they want more you know the the cut the minutes because they want more ad time right because now it's down to like 21 minutes yep you're right this episode just very well structured the jokes are good i don't know if it's like my like haha like lots of ha-has but a lot of like clever jokes like when you watch something like that was, that was funny you don't actually laugh you just say that was that was funny kind of like reading the onion oh yeah the onion jokes yeah it was all great um and it yeah and it, it felt like classic simpsons because it's also that same kind of classic sitcom trope of the new neighbors there's always a sitcom every family sitcom has always had the new neighbors yeah and so it's a fun thing and then the, the voice acting yeah we seen Patton oswald and then carrie and um fred from portlandia doing the voices was great and uh yeah all in all i think um I would this is definitely a rewatch because I think you're right of all the jokes you you didn't catch the first time around. So, yeah, positive, positive for me. Uh, Ralphie there gets uh, a tattoo, right, of whiskers. Mm -hmm. I'll let you know that uh, the cat has 12 whiskers. That's what they're given, Steve. So out of 12, I'll give this episode uh, Spinal Taps favorite number 11. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, uh, definitely a watch rewatch. And maybe it is because we're Portland. There wasn't really, I'd say, like Portland references, but I think it's more hipster based like stereotypes. Yeah, it's funny how it just in my head. I that's interchangeable to me. <laughs> right. So uh, give it a spin, everyone. Like Speaking that. of uh, spin, what if we uh, spin the wheel of random to find out what we're watching next week? That sounds like what we always do. All right. Let's give it a spin to see what season we're in. Ba-doop. We have season 31. Season 31. All right, let's give it another spin to see which episode we are watching. Episode number of whiskers on a cat. Oh. 
12, episode 12. Season 31, episode 12, The Miseducation of Lisa Simpson. Steve, what happens, Craig? Steve, I real quick, instead of ever saying 12, just say uh, kitten whiskers. Kitten that, whiskers. That'll be 12. So 9, 10, 11, kitten whiskers, 13. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes. All right. And, you know, um, my favorite cocktail has uh, 13 ounces of whiskey, and you got to pour something in there. So that can be, uh, so 13 will be whiskey mixer. Whiskey <laughs> So we've got Kitten's Whiskers and Whiskey Mixer. There's an um, improv kid listening right now who's laughing his ass off. Okay. So, <laughs> okay, Steve, um, this episode, The Miseducation of Lisa Simpson, uh, it's about uh, the sea captain. Ahoy. Yeah, he finds a treasure he's been searching for all of his life, but it's taken from him by the townspeople. I'll assume that's uh, Springfield mm-hmm. townspeople. And then uh, Marge convinces the people of Springfield to build a STEM school. Huh. So this is you know, all, all plot, or is it must it be an A and a B then? I think, uh, yeah, it looks like a B and an A. Well, Steve, this originally aired February 16th, 2020. Wow. Feels like last year. <laughs> Almost. Um, do you remember this one? You know, you, you think I would because, well, wait, February 16th? No, quarantine hadn't hadn't yeah. started. So uh, it was before time still. Before times, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't remember this episode and I know I did watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I may have too, but I have no recollection of it. But you know what? We can recall next week. That's right. Listeners out there, you can contact us via social medias like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at 138Simpsons. And you can always email us at 138Simpsons at gmail.com. And if you're so kind, go to your favorite podcasting app and leave us five stars or the equivalent thereof and write a review. But it doesn't need to be a real review. Just uh, write a thing that you thought was cool before everyone else did. For this week, I've been an annoyed grunt boy, Craig. And I've been an annoyed grunt boy, Steve. And remember, keep cool. When you're old, your tattoos will be saggy and unrecognizable. There's no workplace-appropriate use for the word bazooms.